Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Section 6, Chapter 73. Philip Predicts the Future. 1559 A.D. Sede Vacante. With the Pope, with the seat of the Pope being vacant. Philip's age 45. There was another youth from Portugal called Francesco Basso, who began to go to confession to the Holy Father when he was 17. Philip encouraged him gently to receive the sacraments frequently and devote himself to prayer, and trained him with various mortifications, with the result that he made great spiritual progress and won the admiration of everyone, a a shining example to others, with the rays of divine grace glowing on his face. When Father Philip asked him to give a discourse on some religious matter, he spoke with ardor and easy eloquence, interspersing prayers to God and the Mother of God, so that he brought holy and devout consolation to those who heard him. He spoke so effectively about the beauty of virtue and the love of God, that everyone who heard him was lost in admiration of his power, ardor, and ability. The most learned Luigi Lippomano, Bishop of Verano, was particularly taken by the lad. That was not the end of the story. He was so steadfast in mind that he could tolerate all sorts of difficulties, however serious, with cheerfulness, and was so eager to be obedient that whatever Philip told him, he would do at once, with a good will, as if he had heard the command of an angel. Eventually, in the desire for a more perfect manner of life, he decided to enter the order of St. Dominic. When Philip heard this, he was grieved that the youth was departing from himself and his institute. But after examining the spirit of his vocation, he granted him permission rather than seeming to be opposed to the will of God. And so he was clothed in the habit of that holy order in the year 59 of our century on the 24th of September. The Holy Father was present when this happened, weeping copiously. Francesco Maria Terugi asked him why he was weeping. And Philip replied, I am mourning for the virtue of this youth. At the time, Terugi did not understand what these words mean or why Philip was weeping. And Philip, who alone knew what he meant, kept silent. But the outcome showed clearly enough what would be the result of the youth's attempt at adopting a better state of life. He whom so many had admired for his integrity of life and his burning love for Christ fell into such a negligent and idle state that although he did not actually throw off the religious habit, 
yet he degenerated gradually to be so disturbed and anxious that he became deeply depressed by the way he lived and considered abandoning the quest for a more severe discipline and returning to the comforts of this world. He has therefore become a vagrant, avoiding the demands of obedience with no fixed abode. Now he finds one home, now another, now a third, wandering about unhappily, living an unhappy life. He is still alive, detached from his order and rootless, moving pointlessly here and there. So now let us move on to the things Philip did when Pius IV succeeded Paul IV as Pope on the 26th of December, 1560. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, vessel of the Holy Ghost, child of Mary, apostle of Rome, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes we wonder why the Lord allows us to sin. But sometimes we wonder why we haven't made greater progress. And sometimes we look at other people and we think, oh, look how much they're doing, how fast they're growing. I wish I could be like them. But when we think those thoughts, we need to remember tonight's story. Because Francesco Basso was one of those people that everyone admired. He seemed to be doing everything right, advancing so quickly, being so effective, and in fact, he was. But he had a great trial that came upon him. And what, had, what would have happened if more people had prayed for him when he was so fervent? What if more people had instead of admired him had begged God to keep him humble and keep him where he was? What if he had prayed more for perseverance? Well, we don't know. And in fact, we don't even know how his story eventually ended. When Galoni was writing, he was a bit severe, saying he was rootless and moves, moving pointlessly about. But it's clear that he was still alive and the story wasn't over. In fact, the story is never over until we die. As long as we're in this life, there's hope. It was hope for Francesco, who started out so well. So let us remember that when we think other people are doing better than us and to pray for them, because we never know what kind of trial they will face. We all will have a particular trial. We all will have our own cross. We all have, will have a, a unique period of suffering that the Lord knows is best for us. And if we think other people are doing so great, pray that something big might be coming upon them. Second point, 
that when we're thinking about our own sins, we should remember this story because we never quite know how the Lord might use our faults to help other people. This story is included in Father Galonio's account because Father Galonio wanted to help other people not make the same mistake. He wanted people to be on guard. And through the fault, this, this change that, that Francesco made, we, you and I are supposed to have a kind of mirror. What happened to him could happen to us, you see. If we try to go too fast, if we try to take on more than we should. St. Philip used to say that from changing from a bad life to a good life, you don't need much time, go for it. But from changing to a good life to a better life, one needs time and counsel and prayer. And Francesca was trying to go to what's objectively a kind of higher life, complete poverty, living under a more strict life of prayer and fasting, more strict than the oratorians live. But that life turned out not to be a very good fit for him because what's best in itself is not best for every individual person, St. Philip used to say. And what's best for each of us, what's best in itself, the best thing for each of us is what you and I are supposed to do. So let us ask the Lord to keep us humble. Let's ask the Lord to accept even our failures. Because we don't know how the Lord might be using our failures to give other people a chance for patience, maybe even a lesson. That just as God can use the failures of others to be a mirror for us, that we don't make certain mistakes. So the meaning of our own lives is in the hands of God. Come, Holy Spirit, help us to accept God the Father's providence as he shapes us into the likeness of his Son, who suffered and rose from the dead. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.